Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Lawrence gets to it up top. D'Angelo. He'll shoot you score! Carolina with a net front presence. Maybe Stephen Lawrence with the tip, but definitely the Canes on the board. They cut into the Columbus lead. It's 4-1. Back to Svechnikov. His pass and the score! Sends it across to Brady Shea. And the Canes have cut the lead in half. It's a 4-2 Blue Jacket lead over Carolina. He'll come in all alone on Anderson. And Anderson! Oh, what a save late in the period. Extends the pad. Hugs the post and keeps it a two-goal game. Now the Canes off the draw will score. Brady Shea second of the game. And it's a one-goal contest as Carolina has scored three in a row to make it a 4-3 game. Trocek wins the draw cleanly. Shea has had all sorts of offensive confidence. A pass with pace from Pesci to Shea after Vincent wins the draw. And another quick release. An opportunity for the Canes who are flying here in this third period. Chances were 7-0 in the period. Now it hits the three and it is score! The puck bounces off the stanchion and a Swiss missile for Nino Niederreiter. The Canes have come all the way back and they've tied it in four. The Hurricanes, four unanswered to tie this one in Columbus. As Nino Niederreiter, his 10th of the season. Now Bear hammers one and they score! From the point, Ethan Bear's shot. There was traffic in front and in a blink of an eye. Jarvis comes up with the interception. He'll spin one back in. Out in front. He'll score! Stephen Lawrence, have yourself an afternoon. His second of the game. And Carolina has ripped this open. Warinsky will settle it down. Two minutes and 40 seconds to go here in the third period. Svechnikov poked the puck into the Columbus zone. Trocek will get to it. Svechnikov, empty net. Bingo! 7-4, the Hurricanes had the touchdown, they kicked the extra point. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast, and Happy New Year, everyone. I am Adam Gold. And the Carolina Hurricanes celebrated 2022 by doing something that they had not done as a franchise in 32 years. You've got to be kidding. Dead in the water, down 4 nothing. not playing awful, certainly not playing as well as the, uh, the advanced metrics would tell you because the defensive side of the puck matters too. But 4 nothing, dead in the water. Two goals in the second half of the second period. Got him within shouting distance 
uh, a good save, even though it really wasn't a save because it was off the post, but a good play by Freddie Anderson to keep it 4-2. And Carolina just unleashed in the third period. And I'm not sure it was as much Carolina unleashing as Columbus simply caving in. But a remarkable 7-4 win. The Hurricanes will now go into a five-day layoff before hosting Calgary on Friday, Florida on Saturday. They were to play Monday in Toronto, but that game was wiped off the schedule for various reasons. And uh, we'll, we'll go through this. But what a remarkable game for Carolina uh, on a New Year's afternoon to win a game that they looked like they had no business winning and winning it running away from the Blue Jackets. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Uh, go check out Sammy Hanna and his crew. They, they do a great job. Uh, they will make you very happy. And uh, my man, uh, the 12V man on Twitter, hit me up last week and said, he went for the gutter helmets. Can't believe that he waited this long. And you'll say the same thing if you go for gutter helmets as well. Uh, all right, a lot of things to unpack right here. Oh, by the way, aluminumcompany.com online for a free no-obligation estimate. Um, I think the story of this game has to begin in the first period and even the first part of the second period because if you go back to Thursday night, the Hurricanes were sloppy with the puck, but Montreal just couldn't make them pay. And Antiranta played exceptionally well. And uh, he was in the arena. He was the game's first star. He was my third star. But uh, in the arena, he was the game's first star. He had a 25-save shutout. I get it. Um, But Carolina was sloppy with the puck. Didn't get enough out of their scoring chances. But Montreal couldn't make them pay. We went over that. Montreal was essentially missing eight of their top 11 scores. Uh, One of the other three, Brendan Gallagher, left the game midway through with an injury. So you basically beat an AHL team. No offense. I mean, there was good, good players on the ice, but just not enough of them. So Carolina does a lot of the same things against Columbus, except the Blue Jackets aren't a train wreck. At least they weren't in the first half of the game. Uh, the Blue Jackets are a legitimate outfit. They've gone through a little bit of a rough patch of late, although coming off a 4-3 shootout win over Nashville. But Columbus is a credible outfit. They're a good team. They have high-level players, and those high-level players did a number on Carolina when presented with the opportunities uh, through the first 30-some-odd minutes of the game. And, again, I think we have to start there. Columbus's first goal, Zach Wierenski uh, coming off the bench with speed um, after, uh, after essentially a line change. Uh, Carolina had some opportunities to uh, to clear the puck out of the zone. Couldn't do it. Uh, Jack Roslovic has the puck, does a little circle toward the blue line to buy some time. Wierenski comes off the bench, grabs the puck, walks around Brett Pesci, who was caught leaning one way, and uh, Wierenski went back to the middle, uh, and then his backhand beats Ronta for one nothing. Um, so that was, again, a mistake. This was the, the goal that was probably the least... Uh, of Carolina's own doing, because I don't think that you can, I mean, Pesci got worked, but it's also, he's more stationary. Wierenski's coming in with a whole bunch of speed off the bench. 
uh, and he's an elite player, so it's going to happen. That was the first goal. Second goal, uh, Carolina with some offensive zone time, which they had for pretty much the entire first period. Um, offensive zone time, Aho behind the net, makes a blind pass out in front, but nobody's there. And what it does is it starts an odd man rush for Columbus. And there were tons of odd man chances for the Blue Jackets in the game, certainly in the first two periods. Uh, so that starts it the other way, and it ends up with an Adam Boquist goal. It was a three-on-two chance uh, and good passing, and Boquist is alone in front of Ranta and 2 nothing. Uh, then the third goal, Carolina's on the power play. Uh, Tavo Teravainen loses the puck along the wall on the left side of the offensive zone. Uh, and I forget who had it. it might, I don't think it was uh, Zach Wierenski. I think it might have been Gavrikov. Either way, um, he had the puck for a long enough time. Tony D'Angelo just doesn't get back. He's still at the blue line. Meanwhile, Gustav Nyquist is ahead of the play. So they just lofted up to Nyquist. Uh, it was a great pass. Uh, aerial aerial flip. Nyquist handles the puck with no problem. Beats Ranta. 3-0. I mean, if you want to argue that Ranta could have made uh, a couple of those saves, I'll, okay, I'm, I'll hear it. He made other saves right after Wierenski made it 1-0. Uh, he stoned Wierenski in a, probably a better chance um, to, uh, to the, I guess, to the stick side. And, I mean, Ranta wasn't awful in the first period. He had to make some really good saves. Carolina was a turnover machine and a puck management machine. And all of a sudden, it's 3 nothing. And then uh, they make it 4 nothing in the second period when, I don't know if it was Svechnikov or Trocek, but it looked like the combination of the two on in the offensive zone just kind of carelessly uh, you know, mismanaged the puck, and then it goes the other way. And again... Odd man chance. Uh, Three on two becomes a two on one. Uh, Pass across from Texier. uh, Goes off Ian Cole and slides through the pads of Freddie Anderson, who came on to start the second period for Ante Ranta. It's 4-0. But then a funny thing happened. After 4-0. Almost immediately after the play, 32 seconds after 4-0, Carolina got on the board and here's how it sounded. Lawrence gets to it up top. D'Angelo. He'll shoot new score! Carolina with a net front presence. Maybe Stephen Lawrence with the tip, but definitely the Canes on the board. They cut into the Columbus lead. It's 4-1. It was definitely Stephen Lawrence with the tip, but really the play was made by Tony D'Angelo. Uh, and by the way, I, I want to give credit to Derek Stepan, who not only got the... Uh, got the puck back to D'Angelo uh, at the uh, just inside the blue line, straight out. Uh, but Stepan also became a nuisance in front of the goal. Um, a little bit of a high slot. He wasn't all the way at, at the top of the crease because that's where Lawrence ended up, just to the side of the goal. And D'Angelo, he didn't shoot that puck. D'Angelo knew where Lawrence's stick was going to be, and he saw Lawrence coming across in front of the net. And D'Angelo just made a little shot pass right to the tape of Lawrence's stick. And Lawrence flicked it over uh, the goaltender. And all of a sudden, it's 4-1. And like, well, maybe, maybe 4-1, a little life. And then, a little bit later on, 
They made it 4-2. Back to Coach Kinyemi. Back to Svechnikov. His pass in the score! Sends it across to Brady Shea. And the Canes have cut the lead in half. It's a 4-2 Blue Jacket lead over Carolina. Andrei Svechnikov was so good on that particular shift. He was good all game. He was great all game. He was my first star. Uh, but he was so good on that particular shift. Uh, he was largely responsible for Carolina keeping the puck, keeping possession of that. Uh, and I think it was his second tour around the offensive zone that gave the puck to Brady Shea that ultimately made it 4-2. And you thought, hmm, maybe if Carolina can get one more here, it'll seriously be interesting. But even at 4-2, you think, oh, God, they get one early in the in the third? Maybe. But they still had to dodge a bullet, and Freddie Anderson was up to it. Jenner will get to it. He'll come in all alone on Anderson, and Anderson! Oh, what a save late in the period! Extends the pad, hugs the post, and keeps it a two-goal game. Technically, it might not have been a save. I don't know how they're going to how they score it. Uh, I mean, it was definitely a shot at goal, um, but the initial shot hit the post. Uh, Jenner, who got behind D'Angelo, Bra um, had to bring the puck all the way across uh, to the left side. Uh, Anderson made him go a little bit wider, so and Anderson definitely made a good play on it. But the shot uh, hits the post and comes back out, and Anderson kind of, you know, sweeps his. Uh, he's sprawled out on his stomach. He sweeps his left leg across and gathers the puck, freezes it, and that's it. It could have been five two, but it's four two, and Carolina has life. And then. All they needed was one more. You could feel that momentum. All they needed was one more. And the difference, like, and I said this in the second intermission with Dennis Cox, who, by the way, is going to join us in a couple of minutes. But I said this in the second intermission. I didn't feel like the second period was all that dramatically different from the first period, uh, except Carolina got a couple of goals. Carolina had scoring chances in the first, but I just didn't love their game. I don't think they were crisp offensively, um, I thought that most of their chances came on the power play opportunity that that they had. Most of their really good chances, uh, I should say, came on the power play opportunity that they had. But they were so sloppy with the puck, they were constantly fending off uh, odd man chances by Columbus. They had a lot of scoring chances, but nothing delicious. A little bit better in the second period, not much, but they cashed in on two chances. The D'Angelo shot pass to Lawrence and the Svechnikov created goal for Brady Shea. So now you've got uh, 4-2, and all you could sense, if Carolina could just clean their game up, they might be able to really lean on Columbus. My my read of the Blue Jackets is that on the blue line, they are offensively gifted. Now, Zach Wierenski is an elite player on at both ends of the ice, um, so leaving uh, Wierenski out of it, whether it's... Gavrikov or Boquist or Bean, uh, to me, they are a very skilled, skating, offensive blue line, but I think they can be had defensively, and Carolina definitely had their way in the third period. Brady Shea, and this is what, you know, I I joke around, uh, and I did on Twitter, I don't know if Carolina's the best team in the NHL, off the faceoff, I called it set pieces. But they get a ton of scoring chances 
right off of offensive zone draws, and Brady Shea was there. And I think the description of it all really tells you the story. Uh, listen to what Trip Tracy said uh, in the uh, in the aftermath of the goal. Kings off the draw will score. Brady Shea second of the game, and it's a one goal contest as Carolina has scored three in a row to make it a four three game. Trocheck wins the draw cleanly. Shea has had all sorts of offensive confidence. A pass with pace from Pesci to Shea after Vincent wins the draw. And another quick release. Trocheck right side face off, wins the draw back to Pesci. Pesci with a sharp pass to Brady Shea, who had sunk down low, uh, and his shot. Uh, beats Merzlikens, uh glove side, high, far side, and it's 4-3. And now you know it's a matter of time um, because Carolina was all over the place and what they weren't doing in the third period was what they were doing in the first two periods. They weren't giving the puck away. And then a smart play, and I do agree that this is Ian Cole doing this on purpose. I don't think necessarily he was trying to hit the stanchion because he's nobody's that good, uh, but uh, his, I guess he just dumped the puck in, and he figured, let me throw it in right behind the net. I've got Nino Niederreiter, who's got a little space coming down the middle of the ice, and maybe he can beat his man to the puck. That's exactly what happened. Now an opportunity for the Canes who are flying here in this third period. Chances were 7-0 in the period. Now it hits the frame and it scores! The puck bounces off the stanchion and a Swiss missile for Nino Niederreiter. The Canes have come all the way back and they've tied it at four. Just a smart play by Cole. We've seen it happen before. We, we saw it happen uh, the Flyers did it to the Hurricanes with a pass off the end boards. I don't again. I don't know if Cole was going off the glass. I, I can't imagine he was, uh, but he was. I, to me, he definitely did that on purpose, and just Nino, right place, right time, great finish. Merzlikens was not ready. He uh, had one. He had looked behind the net to see where the puck was going, uh, and then by the time he could reset himself, Nino had already put it past him. 4-4, 16 seconds later. That's right, 16 seconds later. Ethan Bear. The Hurricanes, four unanswered to tie this one in Columbus. As Nino Niederreiter, his 10th of the season. Now Bear hammers one, and they score! From the point, Ethan Bear's shot, there was traffic in front, and in a blink of an eye. Jordan Stahl was the uh, was the net front presence there. He waved at it. I don't believe he got it. Uh, Ian, Ethan Bear is still credited with the goal. Uh, but, again, first shift after making it 4-4, zone time. Uh, Martin Natchez, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, uh, with some good work in the corner, on the wall. Puck comes out to Ethan Bear. He lets fly. He knows he's got Stahl in front. Stahl's pretty good at deflections anyway. Uh, but it goes right past Merzlikens, clearly a screen, uh, and it's 5-4, 16 seconds after Nino Niederreiter ties it up. And at this point, uh, it's Columbus is staggering. They are, they, are, they are the boxer on the ropes just trying to stay alive, uh, and it didn't take very long to make it 6-4. Uh, interception uh, at just outside of the Carolina blue line. 
Uh, Seth Jarvis in the neutral zone uh, brings it across center ice into the offensive zone, does a little spin move, uh, and creates a rebound. And Lawrence is there for his second of the game. Getting back on the back check. Svechnikov, one of the players to do so. Haynes trying to get the puck in deep. Now a turnover. Jarvis comes up with the interception. He'll spin one back in. Out in front. Go score! Stephen Lawrence, have yourself an afternoon. His second of the game. And Carolina has ripped this open. It's just, at this point, Carolina might score every time they touch the puck. Four goals. Uh, in the period, three goals in 125. They go from 4-3 down to 6-4 up in a minute 25 seconds. Uh, and then the best player on the ice had not scored, and it's kind of been a dry spell for Andre, had not scored until the goalie left. Warinsky will settle it down. Two minutes and 40 seconds to go here in the third period. Svechnikov poked the puck into the Columbus zone. Trocek will get to it. Svechnikov, empty net. Bingo! 7-4. The Hurricanes had the touchdown. They kicked the extra point. Well put from Mike Maniscalco there, voice of the Hurricanes. Uh, Yeah, this was an absolute laugher as it turned out. Five goals in the third period for Carolina. Uh, seven unanswered after being down four nothing. Uh, again, Carolina wasn't atrocious in the first two periods. They had the puck a ton. They were coursing Columbus to death, and just couldn't do much with it. And once they got their foot on the gas, man, they were just—I mean, it was full throttle. And then when the, when they stopped turning it over. And Columbus was helpless, absolutely helpless. Uh, by the way, I mean, it, it, it is worth pointing out that the Blue Jackets were in, probably in good shape until uh, the, the goaltender that, st- that started the game couldn't finish the game. And we, we had four goalies in this game. Uh, Daniil Tarasov started the game. He was very good through two periods. Uh, the only goals were the deflection by Lawrence. He made some really good say, the def- deflection by Lawrence, and then the Brady Shea created play by Svechnikov. Uh, and then Merzlikens, who's an excellent, excellent goalie. I mean, nobody should think they brought in the scrub. Merzlikens is awesome. He's their starter, and he's good. But sometimes it's hard to come in. And Carolina just kept going. Absolutely kept going. Antti Ranta played the first period, allowed three goals on nine shots, but frankly, it wasn't on him. That was on the guys in front of him. Uh, and then Freddie Anderson only saw nine shots in two periods. Ranta saw nine in the first period. Anderson saw nine over the next two. He allowed one. And Carolina wins at 7-4. Absolutely remarkable. Dennis Cox at... The fan rookie on Twitter sitting in for Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions. All right, sir. I don't know. That was wild. Happy yeah. New Year. Uh yeah, I guess happy New Year. I guess everybody was still drunk from uh yeah. f- from Friday night. You you want to tell me what you saw? Um I think I just that. I think it was a, a you know a little bit of a hangover still, I guess, from, from New Year's. 
uh, in that game. That was just – for me, I saw a team with Carolina that thought they're like, hey, we're not playing bad, but we've just – we just gave up a few too many chances, and they just stuck with it. I know that's something Stephen Lawrence said post game was that no individual tried to do it all themselves. Everyone just stuck with it as a team, and they were able just to kind of, you know, grind out a couple of goals. And before you know it, the floodgates just completely opened, and momentum changed completely, and they started feeling good about themselves. That was just uh, if, if you were if I would have told you, Adam. After Columbus was up four nothing, the final score of the game was going to be seven four. You probably would have thought seven four Columbus, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, there are a couple of things about it. Um, the the Tony D'Angelo pass to Lawrence yeah. for the first goal. It's just that icebreaker, because I w- I'll be perfectly honest. It happens thirty two seconds after it's four nothing, and I was. In the middle of crafting a tweet that that was that actually, I'll tell you exactly what it said. I mean, for the most part, I don't, don't remember verbatim, but basically, we're done here. It was mm-hmm. a similar tweet that I put out after Georgia took a whatever it was to six lead over Michigan, in the or three lead over Michigan uh, in the second semifinal. You knew, you knew that the game was over. But 32 seconds later, it's 4-1, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to wait here because if Carolina can get one more in the period, then a two-goal game against, and you and I talked about it in the uh, the intermission, uh, that Columbus's defense, really skilled, good offensively, but not necessarily a weighty defense, and if Carolina can get behind him, and they had gotten behind him, they just hadn't done anything uh, with their puck possession, if they get behind him, then all of a sudden you got a chance. Um, and the Brady Shea goal right off the faceoff, uh, less than seven minutes into the period. At that point, you knew it was a matter of time. Who knew that it would be the they would score three in a minute twenty five, uh, starting with the Nino Niederreiter goal, then Ethan Bear, uh, and then uh, Stephen Lawrence. Uh, off the great play by Seth Jarvis. I mean, it was just an onslaught. Columbus was staggered. They would have stopped the fight if it was a boxing match. Yeah, they were throwing the towel at that point. I think something that might be a little understated was that the starting goaltender, Tarasov, for Columbus left the game after the second period with a lower body injury. He had, was a 9.39 save percentage yeah. through two periods, up 31 of 33 shots. He was playing fantastic. And I mean, I'm not trying to say that, you know, put this on Mars Lakins, but I mean, he was he was fantastic through two periods, and then obviously the, the Canes capitalized on that goalie change uh, that was necessary for yeah. for Columbus. I mean, that's something that has to be taken into consideration as well, seeing as how Carolina started anti Ranta, and then after the first period made a made the switch over to Freddie Anderson. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, it's hard. It, it's the thing. I mean, both teams brought in excellent goaltenders. Both teams brought their starters in. Yeah, Merz Licken's their goalie now. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe uh, Tarasov is the goalie of the future. I'm not. I'm not doubting that at all. And he played very well. Uh, but I mean, it ain't like they brought in, you know, uh, Samuel Montembeau. They they yeah. they brought in their guy, and Merzlikens, who has also been very good against Carolina uh, in the past. I was. I, frankly, I thought Merzlikens was going to start anyway. Um, but hey, you know what? 
Um, it's it was a it's a weird it was a weird game today. Um, but to me, the product of the Columbus four nothing, what led to Columbus leading four nothing, were Carolina mistakes. And yeah. when the mistakes went away, Columbus could not generate enough on their own. And in the third period, there might have been two opportunities for Columbus. Uh, one Anderson made a save on, and the other went off the post. That could have made it 6-5, um, but it didn't. It was right after, I think, Niederreiter, or somebody hit the post. What, no, Niederreiter hit the post uh, to ma- the, just before he made it 4-3. Oh. But just before he made it 4-4, Niederreiter hit the post from in tight. But Carolina missed a uh, missed a chance, and then I think it was Wierenski. Wierenski rang it off the post. Uh, after beat really clearly beating Anderson, but didn't go. Um, but once Carolina started stop, you know, turning the puck over and uh, mismanaging it, I think Columbus was helpless. Uh, you know, when I was doing the the aftermath, uh, we actually had there were a couple callers that called in that were at the game in Columbus that were driving back to North <laughs> Carolina after going to the game, which was which was wild. Yeah, but I asked them, say, hey, tell me what it was like seeing the, the players and the bench in the arena when the comeback was, was happening, and not only while it was happening, but after they took the lead. And they said it was just night and day comparison that just the body language for Columbus was just – they looked they were looking at each other like, what's going on? And then, obviously, the Canes were just feeling good about themselves and were just all momentum at that point. But, yeah, just the, everything in the building, just the, the life was just taken out of that team as the comeback was taking place. Uh, like you said, the what minute and twenty six seconds they scored those three goals in the third period. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they said it was just a night and day comparison from how Columbus was playing at the start of the third up until that point, uh, which was really phenomenal to hear from just people in the arena what it was, <laughs> what it was like. Uh, the um, I thought the natural stat trick numbers were a little misleading through two periods. I mean, yeah. I mean, puck possession is puck possession. So that part is not misleading. Um, but in terms of legitimate chances to score, the numbers say that Carolina had by far the better of the play. But I just I didn't feel that way at all through two periods. Um, I think Carolina just was not as precise, and there was still a lot of... They, they just couldn't put the finishing touches on their attempts. Uh, and whereas Columbus's chances were like clear as day that they were getting a good look. There's so many odd yeah. man rushes. Uh, they were, like most of Columbus's chances really were coming in transition, and there there wasn't a lot of zone time. But they were lethal in transition. Uh, Carolina had the puck uh, at five on five through two periods. It was forty eight to twenty in terms of shot attempts. The third period was twenty nine to six at five. Twenty nine to six at five on five. Uh, but the third period, obviously, Carolina just they didn't make mistakes. So nope. there just there just wasn't enough. I mean, they outshot him fifteen two at five on five in the period. Uh, Ninety to thirty three shot attempts for Carolina over Columbus for the game in all situations. So, you know, sometimes the numbers can be misleading, but I don't think it was misleading in the third period. No, not at all. And what was actually so a couple things that stood out to me was Carolina made this comeback without scoring a power play goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes you would 
Yeah, sometimes you think like, okay, maybe they you know drew a couple penalties and you know and and got a couple that way. No, it was everything came even strength today, uh, which is a, a complete opposite of of Thursday when everything was a special teams goal. But right. you also look as well as that Sebastian Ajo didn't score, Davo Teravainen didn't score. Um, it was fourth line Stephen Lawrence. It was Brady Shea. It was Ethan Bear getting his second goal um, of the season. Obviously, Nino Niederreiter, I think he has, what, 13 points in his last 13 games now. He's yeah. a top-line guy. But And Svechnikov had the empty netter. But in the, in the meat of those you know, six goals outside of the empty netter, it just Nino Niederreiter is the only top six guy that scored. He didn't even get an assist from Sebastian Ajo or Table Terrifying. Well, I mean, uh, so that was actually something that stood out to me as well. All right, I, I, I know you have more, but I'm going to put an exclamation on that. I would say that... Um, the the top line of Aho Teravainen and Niederreiter, and I know Nino scored, but it was sort of a broken play goal. Um, yeah. I would say the top line probably was. I mean, I think their worst line of the of the game. I didn't even yeah. think they were good in this game. It's it was a rare clunker from Aho Teravainen and Niederreiter, especially of late. Aho had come in with six consecutive multi-point games. Teravainen had been red hot with 11 points in his last nine. Um, Nino, Nino obviously is hot. Um, but they, they didn't play well at all. There there was, as a matter of fact, uh, Ajo gave the puck away for the second goal in the offensive end. But the um, the Svechnikov line was just, the Trocek, Svechnikov, and Faust was just utterly dominant in the game. They were all over this game. Like I, I wanted Andre to. I didn't care if it was an empty net goal. Andre was the best to me. He was the best player in the game, and absolutely deserved something for it. Uh, he created the the first Brady Shea goal that made it four two. I mean, completely yeah. dominated that entire shift. Uh, created the goal. I love the way he's playing. Uh, it's like I'm not even complaining that he has. He's barely scored uh, in the last three weeks. I just love the way he's playing. And if, if he keeps playing like this, it's eventually going to start happening for him. And when it does, it might not stop. Yeah, 100%. You talk about that, the goal where he set up Brady Shea. He was just dominant below the goal line and got to the center of the ice and made a nice pass over to Shea for that goal. And then in the third period, when Jesper Foss hit the crossbar, he <laughs> made a fantastic move behind the net where he actually used the back of the goal. Is this Wayne Gretzky back here? Uh, where he, used, he banked the puck off the back of the goal to himself and made a perfect pass to Foss, who just unfortunately rang it off the crossbar, just you know a fraction of an inch lower. That's bar down and in. That's just another goal uh, for Carolina. But his, his work below the goal line tonight was fantastic. He was my third star of the game. Uh, was Andre Svechnikov? But like you said, that whole line was great. Vincent Trocek quietly with two assists. It was uh, in this game. yeah. And Trocek and Svechnikov forces the turnover on the empty net goal. Uh, you know, again, don't want to put 100% stock in things like this, uh, but according to natural stat trick, Svechnikov, Trocek, and Foss, that line, 22 shot attempts for three against. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? 22 yeah. to three. Uh, the stall Natchez Kotkaniemi line eighteen to five. This this is all obviously at five on five. Uh, just tremendous, absolutely tremendous. How dominant uh, those two lines were. Um, 
again, and, uh, natural stat trick had Aho, Teraviner, and Niederreiter twenty to seven shot attempts for. Uh, I don't. Uh, uh, that certainly sounds better than I thought it was, but you know, shots on goal eleven one in favor of the uh, Trocheck line, uh, Aho line thirteen four. Again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they were better than I thought. Uh, but I, I obviously hold them to an incredibly high standard. It was, uh, it was, it was awesome. Uh, anything, anything else jump out at you uh, other than holy cow? <laughs> other than holy cow, uh, here's here's the well, and, uh, here's probably the stat of the game for you, okay. uh, Adam. In this seven four win for Carolina, uh, the backup goaltender to start the game, Frederick Anderson, had more points than Jordan Stahl, Sebastian Ajo, and Tavo Teravainen combined. Wait, wait. Anderson had another assist? He had an assist on the Niederreiter goal because the, he made the play to Ian Cole, and oh. he, uh, Ian Cole dumped it in um, and obviously went off the stanchion and came right to Niederreiter. So Frederick Anderson, his fourth assist of the season. So that was the kind of game. <laughs> Frederick Anderson had more points than Jordan Stahl, Sebastian Ajo, and Tavo Teravani. All right. Here, and by the way, here's another. Uh, you were talking about how – uh, Stephen Lawrence with a couple of goals, Brady Shea with a couple, Ethan Bear with a couple. Those three players, Ethan Bear with one, those three players came into the game with five goals combined on the season. They had yeah. five They had five today. <laughs> the numbers just keep getting more and more weird. So, it's amazing how it works. Yeah, you know what? Um, they're clearly one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. And... Sometimes, and I still think Columbus is, I don't think Columbus is a playoff team by any stretch of the imagination, but I think they're a team that you can't sleep on because if you do, they're going to beat you. And that's what happened. You know, Carolina gave them opportunities early and Columbus cashed in on them. And they have they have a good team. I mean, they, they, they didn't even get anything out of Lion A today, but Wierenski is elite. Uh, and some of the other players that I- impacted the game, Boquist came over in the Seth Jones trade from Chicago. He's a good young defenseman prospect. Uh, not even a prospect. He's a good player. He, he's uh, yeah. he's on their second power play unit. Uh, Gus Nyquist is a good player. I mean, they are a legitimately good team. Texier is a good player. You know, they're not they're not an elite team, and again, they're not a playoff team. Uh, but they're they're no one to just mail it in on. Uh, so Carolina was they paid the price and then they got back, just uh, just remarkable. So uh, a couple of other things real quick. I, I'll take your thoughts on this. Then I'm going to get your three stars before I let you go. Uh, and Dennis Cox is uh, is with us here on the Canes Corner podcast. Um, and I was just looking at some uh, some ice time and things like that. So Svechnikov, he has the goal and an assist. He had 13 shot attempts, eight on goal. 13 shot attempts for, for Andre. Yeah, he was all over the place. Brady Shea had seven shots on goal today. Nine attempts. Played 22-35. And uh, Vincent Trocek was 11-5 in the faceoff circle. Carolina 62% on the dot uh, today. 72% against Montreal on Thursday. They win a lot of faceoffs. Yeah. They do. Uh, you know, you look down the lineup, Stahl was 62%. Yeah. Ajo, 63 Even Derek Stepan was 50%. Lawrence and Caravina, when they stepped into the faceoff circle today, they had to take a draw. They were perfect, those two combined. I, that, that's just a product of – if anyone ever gets a chance to go to a morning skate, 
and just watch the the team just you know get ready for a day's game. Those guys are always working with Rob Brindamore and just face off, face off. They spend like nearly seven, eight minutes every pregame morning skate just doing face-off work. And Rob Brindamore is one of the best to ever do it. And Rod will tell you this all the time. Look, you can't score if you don't have the puck. Well, where does it all start? It all starts on the draw. It all starts on the face-off. And those guys are just dominant uh, in the circle. And it's, it's beneficial as well that the Canes have not only multiple guys that you can trust, but multiple right-handed guys and multiple left-handed guys. So depending yeah. on where you are on the ice, you can put yourself in the advantageous position where you can win a draw on a, on your backhand, uh, which is something you really didn't have in the last couple of years. Someone who could take a right-handed draw outside of Vincent Trocek, but now you had Stepan in the mix too. Um, it, it's beneficial to the team. But, yeah, it's, face-off percentage is something that I, I know what the Canes is talked about a lot, but I think league-wide isn't really – focused on too much um it's a little bit underrated i guess you could say lack of a better term well i, I mean i i don't know if it's underrated or overrated uh, to, to to borrow from uh hayes permar who filled in rightly for me rated. all week i think it's rightly rated because sometimes it doesn't matter right um but it matter it it really is like when they're in the offensive zone and like they're that's a scoring chance for them you know, even the like t- tonight, they um, the the go- the goal that made it four three, this the second Shea goal. I mean, that's that's a design play. That's Trocheck wins the draw straight back. Shea uh, sinks down to the left faceoff circle, and Pesci uh, drills the pass across, and Shea just finishes. I mean, that's a that's a set play. And they run, they run designed plays off of faceoffs all the time because they win. Oh, as a team, they probably win, you know, between 55 and 60% of their faceoffs. So, I mean, they're just good at it. Uh, I joke around and I call it set pieces. They pro- they're probably the best team in the league off set pieces. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's yeah, just well incredible. Crazy. Well, knowing that you're going to probably win the faceoff three out of five times, you can practice those a lot more yep. often if you know that you're going to be in that position because if, if you're a team that is 40%, you may not work on them as much just because you know you're not winning face-off. So, yeah, that definitely gives the team a leg up uh, in that regard too. But, um, I know, yeah, I know we talk about it a lot for sure, uh, just how great they are in the face-off circle. And, um, yeah, they're just, they're just dominant, dominant in that aspect. So who are your three stars? My three stars, my third star today was Andre Spechnikov. You can argue that he was a second or a first star right. easily today. Uh, but Andre Spechnikov, my third star. My second star was Brady Shea with those two goals that he had. But my first star was, was Stephen Lawrence because outside of the, the empty net goal, he bookend, you know, with getting that first one. You can't get to four to tie a game or get to – Seven. If you don't get that first one, him getting that first one, um, I thought was was pivotal in the comeback. Just you know, you got to get one to get things started. So that first goal, but then you know, he really had the dagger on it to make it six to four uh, as well, putting off that that rebound off that that great play by Seth Jarvis. <laughs> we haven't even talked about Seth Jarvis much today. I think yeah. he was good too. He had a couple of them. Uh, so Stephen Lawrence was. I gave I give him my first star, but I mean you can even argue, you know. Freddie Anderson made a couple of big saves 
today as well. I mean, Trocek was great, like we've talked about as well. There's a lot of guys you can throw in there, but Svechnikov, Shea, Lawrence, those are my. I had uh, Trocek as my third star. I had uh, Shea as my second star. And Andre, who I thought was the, their best player from start to finish, yeah, uh, was first, first star. Uh, but there were, there, there were, you know, it's funny. In the game against Montreal, I thought there were a ton of guys who really could have been stars. And there was nobody who was really poor. I think Carolina had a bunch of guys who didn't play all that well today. I, would, I talked about the top line. Didn't play all that well today. Um, I thought, for the most part, Cole and Bear struggled until Cole makes the play on the Nino goal. Bear uh, scores the goal. Um, I didn't think D'Angelo was all that great today. I still can't understand why he was still at the blue line uh, on the shorthanded goal. I mean... And they're flat-footed. I mean, mean, it, it wasn't like... It was a quick play. Teravine had lost the puck, and I forget exactly who it was uh, that flipped the puck out to Nyquist, but, I mean, that was... He had all the time in the world. It was like a quarterback that wasn't rushed, and the safety just forgot his coverage. I'm like, Tony, what are you doing? You can't be that far behind the play. Uh, And then he got beat on the... um, On the, the... I guess... I guess it's an Anderson save right before the end of the second period when Boone Jenner went uh, right to left uh, and nearly swept it in, but it hit the post. Uh, D'Angelo was beat there too, so they had some guys that struggled. Some of their some of their best players struggled, but uh, for the most part, man, Carolina had some incredible efforts tonight, uh, and good for them. Good to uh, good to win a game when you uh, probably didn't figure we're going to have a chance after being down four uh, nothing. So, uh, anything else? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was just going to say real quick, you know, sometimes these matinee games can lend to something wild happening. Uh, But also as well, we've seen some crazy scores and some weird games this week just coming off this long break. We saw, what, the 8-7 San Jose Sharks uh, Arizona Coyotes game earlier this week. We saw the Florida Panthers put up nine goals on Tampa Bay a couple of days ago. We've seen some high scoring and some weird games as teams are just getting back into their – timing and the game shape and things like that. Um, I think, I, I don't know, maybe this five-day layoff that they have coming up now with, with Monday's game being postponed when they have the back-to-back with Calgary and Florida you know, Friday and Saturday, who knows what things are going to look like then. But I know the Canes are certainly going to get at least a, a few good practices in there. But, yeah, these, this, this week has just been some, some weird and wild games across the whole league. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had uh, the first game back that first Tuesday. There were three games, and 5-4 Tampa over Montreal in overtime was the lowest scoring of the three. We had uh, San Jose in a shootout over Arizona, 8-7. It was just bananas. Um, Yeah, but, you know, it's been – it's weird, and now Carolina sits. I actually don't think it'll be as as bad this layoff – um, five days is a lot, but I, it's not like restarting the season, uh, like this was. Um, and then once we start, uh, it's pretty much full bore until the all-star break. Um, and I have to assume, and Carolina's got six games now to make up four of them are on the road, which is actually good because if you look at the PNC arena schedule, 
not just Hurricanes games. I'm talking about NC State basketball. Uh, there's a Monster Jam. Uh, there's a rodeo. <laughs> uh, there's an Imagine Dragons concert. Um, uh, AEW wrestling's coming in in the couple by a week and a half as well. Yeah, but I'm just talking yeah. about in February. There's just no oh, room. Yeah. There's no room during that long that was supposed to be the Olympic break. There's really not a lot of room to fit home games. Um, so great. they only have two home games to make up of the six that have been postponed so far. Uh, and it's actually good that four of those are on the road. Now, we we have no idea. NHL hasn't rescheduled anything yet. So we don't know what it's going to happen. My guess is uh, that each team, instead of getting about three weeks off, will get about one week off. They might use a couple of the games, a couple of the off days before the All-Star game, uh, and then maybe not right after, but maybe give everybody a week off after the All-Star game and then come back because there's no reason for an Olympic break anymore. So, Yeah, I think the, it, it, I, I would say it's probably beneficial the league does have the, that, that two weeks of the Olympic time period essentially built in, I guess you could say for lack of a better term, since they aren't going to the Olympics. So it's nice they don't have to extend the season or, you know, cram in, you know, a lot of, you know, too many back-to-backs on teams or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be wild to see what the what the league does because right now things up in Canada are not easy. Uh, right now with the whole stuff with attendance and, and everything yeah. like that, too. So I know the, there's a lot of things that the Canes got to work out. I know they still got to go to Toronto. they got to go to Ottawa. they got a few games to make up. This year. No question. All right, Dennis Cox, uh, you are the man. Follow him on Twitter at the fan rookie. Uh, we will do it again. Uh, we've got a whole, you, you've got a, about, about a week off from hurricanes duties until Friday and, yeah. uh, and then we'll crank it up again. That'll be fun. Thanks Adam. All right. We'll dive out of here. Uh, thank Dennis Cox for joining us. Uh, the hurricanes, in case you're wondering here, because when they get to full strength again, uh, we might see Derek step come out of the lineup. I meant to use this after the game the other night. Hurricanes are 20. Three and one with Derek Stepan in the lineup. 23 and one with Stepan in the lineup. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Svechnikov, my first star. Goal and an assist. Eight shots on goal. 13 attempts. 1736 uh, on ice. Oh, by the way, the penalty they called on Svechnikov was utter garbage. Absolute garbage. We see post whistle. Uh, you know, scrums and face washes and all that stuff all the time. That didn't even rise to the level of a penalty at any point, and they sent him off? What a joke. And they realized it was a joke because Nyquist ended up going off um, the first time he did anything that even was remotely a penalty, uh, and it wasn't. Frankly, Ajo should have gotten called for hooking Nyquist. He got called for interference. It was a terrible call. Um, but that was the definition of a makeup call. And I'm not a pro makeup call guy. I don't think they really happened, but they did this time because the call in Svechnikov was trash. Uh, Brady Shea, a couple of goals, nine shot attempts, seven on net, 22-35 of ice time. Uh, And Trocek, two assists, 17-47 on the ice, 11 of 16 in the faceoff circle. I thought Trocek piloted the best Hurricanes line of the night. And when you can win a game 7-4 and your best player really wasn't very good, Sebastian Ajo, 
you're living large. All right, big win. 23-7-1 for the Hurricanes this year. 23-7-1, best point percentage in the NHL. We'll see you after. we got a week off. Uh, look for a uh, a column coming on, uh, like a report card, an interim report card for the Hurricanes. Uh, look for that coming up this week. I will put that at WRLSportsFan.com. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. If it's for the exterior of your home, this is the place to go. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets. I know it sounds funny, but gutter helmets are amazing. Uh, Check them out. Get a free no-obligation estimate online at AluminumCompany.com. And you can follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. We are here after every Hurricanes game. Love your feedback because this is what uh, is what we kind of get off on. We like to hear. We like to hear that you like it. If you have some suggestions, fire away. And also, always do this. Let us know where you are and what you're doing while you're listening. If you are cooking while you're listening, let us know. Send us a picture of what you're making. If you're walking the dog, let us know. Send me a picture of the dog. Um, We have people all the time sending me pictures of dogs. Love it. I can't get enough pictures of dogs. Uh, My dog sat and watched the hockey game with me today. Of course, I think he slept. Uh, But I understand. Four nothing down, I might have slept too if I could. Anyway, give us a uh, give us a shout. Let us know. You can always follow me on Twitter at a gold fan and uh, the Canes Corner Podcast, part of the uh, Capital Broadcasting family of podcasts. I don't even know what that means, uh, but we'll talk to you after the Canes and the Flames Friday night from PNC Arena. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.